What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music Maniacs with Sight After Dark podcast. We have a very special guest today, Woo-hoo! Mr. Ray Shirley White Sr. in the house. Watch out. <laughs> you have to call me Shirley, but you have to call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, again, thanks again for being here. Um, really appreciate it. Big shout out to Richie G for making this happen. Yeah. And um, yeah, this, def- this definitely wouldn't be happening without him. So we just we really had to shout him out. And we're excited to talk to you. Um, I'm so happy to meet you, even though it's not in person. Oh, oh my gosh. Bowing down to you and your work, Ray. Oh, please. We're on on this side of the grass, so I'm grateful for that alone. You know, we made it through the, you know, the the new black plague. (laughs) For real. Every day above ground is a good day. Yeah. Amen. That's real. That's real. Be thankful. Mm -hmm. That's what I I was wondering how people felt people felt when they came out to the shows, you know, it was like, I was hoping that everyone was just happy just to be out with each other again, without right. masking, having yeah. a good, and stop thinking about politics and craziness. Mm-hmm. Be happy. You're still here. You have a chance to win, mm-hmm. right? You know, chance to do something positive. But before that, Enjoy this music and rock out, you know? <laughs> exactly. Dance in the streets. Come on. And that's one of the things that's so beautiful about music, right? Is that it takes the it takes it gives you the ability to not think about your problems and the problems of the world for a little Absolutely. bit in that moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Suspend your disbelief and come on, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, so we wanted to say so what um you know what what first made, brought you into music? Like what what was your, you know, musical journey? How did you get started and and you know, how did you go forward? And music, well, let's see. I was born in Michigan, and my family is mostly from down south, Alabama and Arkansas. I was born in Michigan, and when I was three, I think it was, my my family moved back to Arkansas. And I don't remember this, but there was a point where my mother always had a piano. Wherever we went, there was a piano. And I'm on the porch, and I barely reach the keys, you know, I've got my hands above my head, but I I found this tonality. And I kept repeating it. My mother screams and runs onto the front porch. She's saying, who's playing that music? It was a voodoo song called The Devil's Dance. I promise you. I promise you. Now, the way I figured is the devil never brings anything good to life. So come on. I'm just rocking out here. <laughs> yeah. But I played that. And I, I played piano by ear. And then I, you know, I always loved music. My brothers used to order these records from... Um, this is a shout out, and this this man deserves to be recognized. Randy's Record Shop in Gallatin, Tennessee. The first guy to play black music on the radio. And it was like, they get these 78s. And I would listen to everything they played. I listened to everything. They had a band. My brothers both played guitar and, and keyboards. They had a band. They practiced on the sun porch up in Michigan. I loved it, you know? And that was it. I, I was hooked. I, you know, can't never get it. I, I remember sax solos from 1952. You know, yeah. Frank, Frank and I had this contest one day about who, who he said this. When I first got the gig, I may be getting ahead of the story here, but <laughs> I, I was, um, um, I had auditioned, got the gig, and he said he mentioned the record from 1958, I think it was, and he gave the name of the group. I went back to 1957. <laughs> he went back to 56. He goes, five satins. I go, I go, the Cadillacs. And then finally, I go, 1951, Ting a Ling by the Clovers. He goes, 
how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was only six then, but I remember Ruth Brown. I remember all this stuff is in my psyche. It's back there, you know, and it's just, it, you make sure, it, it's, it's a joy in the morning to get up mm-hmm. and know that I can come in here and write. But that's what I did. I, I joined band in fifth grade and played alto horn, baritone horn, went to drum section. They kicked me out because I was, I corrected the, <laughs> okay, here's, you got to hear this. This is what they considered conga. They were going, dun, 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 That's a square beat. Dun, 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 push. Dun, 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 push. Now, come on, everybody that's seen I Love Lucy knows that Ricky Ricard, that's the groove. You know what I'm saying? So I got kicked, and the teacher's name was Mr. Forte. I promise you. A music teacher named Forte? Come on. He thought he was a king of music. He was the king of all he he surveyed, these fifth graders, you know? Mm -hmm. But I I ended up on B-flat bass horn, and um, but when I quit band, I I forgot all that. I I forgot everything. It just, I have this ability to, I'm not sure if it's an ability or a disability, but once I get off tour, I forget everything. Everything goes away. And my mind is clear to, to do what I do. And I, you know, because sometimes I think we clutter it, our minds up and our spirits up with mm-hmm. everybody else's stuff. It's okay to listen to stuff, but don't get so down the rabbit, go down the rabbit hole and forget what you do, you know? Right. Well, yeah, that's kind of a blessing in a way, right? To be able to do that. And then once you're done, just kind of like reset and be in the moment again, instead of living in what was going on before. It's like, no, this is what's happening now. You've got to. With four kids, yeah, you better. (laughs) You better reset. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's so interesting. Uh, So you left band in fifth grade. Like what? Well, actually, I left band in um, eighth, ninth grade. Okay. Well, what happened? I'm sorry. No, 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 you can go ahead. Well, I was playing B-flat bass horn, and there was a song we had to do, I was reading, and then it called El Matador. And the bass line is to go, and I'm sitting there looking at the conductor, and I'm playing away. And he's looking at me, and he's getting—he's starting to fume. <laughs> he's turning red, blue, every <laughs> other color of the rainbow. And after the concert, he goes, "You will read in my class." And I'm like, "Did I did I play the score? Yeah. Did I do it correctly? Yeah. That that's that's the point. I went, whoa, something's wrong here. The, about a night the night before or two nights before, I looked at the score." And I didn't see music. I saw these valleys and stuff. I saw the naturals and accidentals. I saw the whole thing. And it was, wasn't music in front of me, but I could see it. So I played it. I was right. He was wrong. He <laughs> should have he said, how did you do that? To a kid, right. mm-hmm. how did you do that? And get it, you know, yeah. and encourage you. But he didn't do that. So I went, no, this is not the way I want to go. You so know, he, he what? He was basically mad that you were able to see it in a way that he wasn't. He was he was mad that I wasn't looking at the score. I mean, yeah. is that stupid? Is that stupid? I, I mean, mean, as long as you're playing it right, I mean, right. who cares, right? It's definitely not. Stupid. Come on, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, these orchestras that play, uh, they played these uh, these these orchestras. They played Mozart. They played, you know, every uh, composer you could think of for years. 
You don't think they know it. All they got to do is look at the conductor and get the timing that he wants and the feel that he right. wants. You know, you don't, when you sit there and it's like brushing over things, like, okay, cursory, cursory, got it. You know, yeah. you don't sit there studiously every day. <laughs> like, I got to remember to remember that I already know this. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I wanted music- to. No, I wanted to um, ask, like, what propelled you to just keep on doing music? But now, like, after you just told that story, that's just like a testament to like your will and your like desire to go on because you had like some discouragement, like in school and stuff. Yeah. And, but but nonetheless, you just were like, no, I know what I'm doing. And that is like amazing. Well, there's to me, there were two types of music. There was the school band thing mm-hmm. and they never crossed over. They never took the music in school and brought the contemporary stuff into it. So you can see where they all came together. Mm-hmm. You never did that. There's always these straight songs and straight things you had to play the straight way. And meanwhile, I'm listening to Frankie Lyman and the teenagers. I'm listening to nice. all these other things. And I'm like, well, what does this got to do with that? But then I went, they took us to Chicago and we saw the Marine Band. Whoa. And I promise you, there was this one old guy, they had him sit way up in the balcony and he could listen to an orchestra and they would had one guy make a mistake. You got all these, I don't know how many pieces were in that orchestra. One note. And he picks it out. Picks it out from the balcony. Whoa. I was amazed. But then hearing those horns, I mean, come on, man. The Marine Band, it was like crisp, beautiful timing and I could feel it. And it wasn't like orchestra, it was like, these guys are precise and and it's beautiful. So I, I started thinking. Well, I, I used to see. There my lips go. Brain, <laughs> lips. Hey, how you doing? Anyway, street corner singing, Ooh. singing on street corners, doo wop, mm-hmm. and with my friends, you know, Frankie and Hooch, and I'm not supposed to call him Hooch though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, That's these cool guys, name. you know, but all these guys, and we were singing, and we bring down. What we do is like we would try to bring the stars down. We could. I was shy. I was extremely shy. I couldn't talk to a girl if you paid me to. I could, but at the parties, I'd I'd get my guys and we start singing. I could look right at her and sing the song to her. Nice. And I could make a. I could make you cry. Yeah. I was. I could communicate that way, but after the song's over, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scared to death. But it was all, I mean, I, this, this conversation I got kind of, kind of little, there it goes again. <laughs> I love you for having all this, this, these vaccinations and stuff, but can I keep my brain for a little while longer? But that's my, my impetus was just, I love music, but I always wanted a guitar. At 15, my brother Chuck had bought this guitar, this first guitar he owned, and he gave it to me on my 15th birthday. I stayed upstairs in my room and cried for about an hour because it's the kind of gift I think people don't realize sometimes the kind of gift that when somebody gives you something, mm-hmm. instead of saying like, oh, I don't need these shoes anymore here. They're like, ah, you like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to love this and, and just splash. And so I went downstairs, plugged it in and played a song called Mighty Low. I figured out a clone this, this does that, this okay. And I started playing. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like, What are you doing? I'm playing. <laughs> you know? So 
it was I couldn't wait to get home from school to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I disappeared from the playgrounds. I told a kid the other day I was I was at Sam Ash here in Las Vegas, and he's playing. This little kid was blazing, and I said, "Well, go home. When you go home tonight, go in your bedroom, turn off the light. Um, don't no no plugged in. Don't plug it in. Just put your guitar on your chest and play." Put your finger somewhere, hit a note, sing that note. Just randomly, in the dark, sing those notes. It helps train your ear. Yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, you start seeing the board, the keyboard, the the fretboard in your head. You you, you feel distances. It's like being a blind man. Mm -hmm. But everything else opens up. Wow. You have to. Right. And it it worked. I was doing it as a, you know, yeah, let me try this. Right. My mother would have to come upstairs and take my guitar off me <laughs> and put it, put it away because I played till I went to sleep and I just hold it, you know. So yeah, it's what you love to do. Yeah, do it, you know. Never I, learn to read. Oh, go ahead, please. No, I was gonna say I, I feel that when I when I was a kid, I used to be playing guitar so much I didn't ever want to leave my room, and my mom thought I was like yeah. depressed. She was like, yeah. "Okay, like what's what's wrong?" And I'm like, "There's nothing wrong. I just I just love this. This is all I want to do." Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. And I just totally see what you're saying about like playing in the dark. Yeah. Like that's what I used to do. Like I used to maybe the lights weren't off all the time, but like I wouldn't yeah. be plugged in. And then just doing that, you kind of understand like what like where your fingers make what notes yeah. and then your brain just kind of even subconsciously knows like, okay, if I play this, this is what it sounds like. And then and you can and then hear. You just get used to it. Yeah. And you can hear, you hear tonalities, you know, if you, have to, if you strike the string this hard or if you stop and you use your finger and you hit a string or you move the string, you bend the string just a little bit, you can hear. Yeah. You can hear the exactly. decay. You start to really understand the instrument. That's why I play with my fingers. I tried with a pick, but then I saw Chet Atkins, and I was like, oh, this is done. <laughs> I mean, you guy can play three songs at once, man. Come on. Yeah. So it was yeah. just, I wanted to hear the wood. I wanted to hear something as close to nature as I could get it. Mm-hmm. But now I got this new pedal board, and that's all out the window. So. <laughs> ah, nice, nice. And that, those open up all, this whole new possibilities, those oh, pedals. Man. Oh, man. Man, it's, it's infinite. I'm still looking for the tone. I've got it set up. Let me see. I pull this out here. One second. Are you guys visual? Are you? Are you can you see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna try to take this down without causing any interruption. And if I can turn this around, you'll see what I'm talking. Uh, can you see it? Yeah. Ooh. I've oh, got nice. I've got it up on a on a on a a little um, table so that I can mess with things and twist things and turn things and find what I'm looking for, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have, it's funny, I saw the mic stand. I'll, we'll do the same thing. We have one of those, the same exact mic stand right next to us right now. Oh, oh man. The, the, the whole thing. I don't know if you can even see the mic really. Right. And at this point, our technology decided that it hated us. Please excuse the technical difficulties and please enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. Well, we're back like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're tech wizards over here. No, we never have any tech difficulties. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right people at home. <laughs> Everybody goes not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So what were you saying? You're showing us our pedal. Your pedals. Oh yeah. Um. Talking about your. We're talking, we're talking about the um, um music. The, you know the. Playing with my fingers, the sound of natural yes. stuff, and until this stuff entered my life. 
Yeah, well, it's a, this whole this whole thing. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Because we could we could yeah. be talking to each other from however far away we are, but then yeah. sometimes we're kind of just at the mercy of the technology. Yeah. But think about it, though. I mean, years ago, years ago, God, man, I feel like Jack Benny. You guys wouldn't know who Jack Benny is, do you? I've definitely heard. Is, is he a talk show host? Yeah, he was used to be an old old radio guy, then movies and stuff. But he was always thirty nine years old. He was, he was like 90 years old. I'm 39. And that was it. I'm not going any further. But you, you you didn't have cell phones. Your car broke down. You had a problem. You had to walk or you had to, you know, mm-hmm. look yeah. for a phone booth. And now we've got all this convenience and we forget things like, I don't know, like hanging out with each other in a garage playing music. Mm-hmm. You know how it is? Now we do virtual stuff. Nobody plays with each other anymore. Oh, I don't even get away. Nobody, nobody plays music with each other anymore. Man, that was a Freudian. Um, you know, guys that everybody's so egotistical. I see these young guys who are like they're in their own little world, and nobody wants to play with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's yeah, the word converse? Huh? A lot of that is the social engineering. Like my sister says, she teaches. And she was like, it's how the kids are being engineered. It's, you know, yeah. as soon as, you know, they're born, you're putting them in front of a blue screen and they're interacting with the blue screen Absolutely. and not necessarily with you, the parent, Absolutely. you know, and it's a cartoon that they're interacting yeah. with. Not you They're not watching like Sesame Street with humans and stuff like that, you know? In the military, they've got guys flying drones. The guy that found Gaddafi mm-hmm. was flying a drone from the Air Force Base here in Las Vegas. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. And see, so you're programmed from Atari on, you know, to it's a video game. Mm-hmm. You're not killing thousands of people. It's a video game. Mm-hmm. It looks like a video. Now we're flying drones and there won't be any pilots in, in aircraft anymore. And it's just a video game. Yeah. Until it's it comes home. Just a screen. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the guy that flew the, um, the Enola Gay, when they dropped the bombs on Hiroshima, and he, was, he became an alcoholic. Because it hit him later on what he what he'd done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a military mission, but it was his soul, mm-hmm. right? You know, and so that's a different thing. You know, I think people that think they get away with things, like musicians. Steve Vai had the same kind of um, thing happen to him uh, when he was in school, and he was teaching his kid this thing, and, a, and an instructor walking in, an instructor walks in and says, "You can't do that." And Steve said, "He went, whoa." You know, yeah, yeah. The book says the book, the book <laughs> never played live. You know, right. the book that has no imagination. You know, if you leave, don't leave room for imagination, you just you know neutered the whole system, the whole you know the world at large. No kid can play any note other than you know. There's a West Montgomery song, and West Montgomery was blaze. He would blaze, you know, and he made this mistake. He was like clunk. I was like what? He did it again. <laughs> he did it like four times in a row. It was like, whatever I say, I'm only a half step off above it or half step below it. Yeah. I was on my way there. <laughs> <laughs> I just chose to stop here. But you know, yeah. like you're talking the blue, the blue screen. Kids are, I was at the airport. Boy sitting here, little girl sitting against the wall over there and they're texting. I could tell they're talking to each other because he keeps looking up and she gets looking up. And I'm like, I'm watching this thing go down, and I was like, so I walked over to him. I'm like, excuse me. Um, 
you have to approach it like you're not a pedophile. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> yeah. kids and kids. So it's like, excuse me, young man. Um, she's right there. You're gonna lose the ability to speak. Like I'm losing it right now. The ability to speak, get up, go over, say hello. Right. Everything's at a distance. You know. No more it's passive amazing. notes in class. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You exactly. You know. But Apple made it a little more. It's like it, it, it's got to go convoluted that nobody knows. They don't know each other anymore. And then you can write a message. And I, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear the, if, how you're inferring. I want to hear everything. I want to hear the nuances. A kid wrote me this letter. He wanted me to do this gig with him in Michigan. I said, yeah. So he goes, well, you have to take a train and a bus. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I said, no, that's not where it work. And he said this really snotty thing. And I was like, call me. <laughs> I want to I, 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 I make sure that was reading it. I'm reading it. And the inference, I could take it any way, you know, this way or that way. Right. I need to hear your voice, the tone of your voice, so I know where you're going with this. You know? I know exactly what you're saying. Because the thing I've, I've realized um, with text is that everything comes off worse over text. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the way you might mean something is like a joke, but then in text, you're just reading it. And you're like, that was rude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's, there's no emotion no behind it. Yeah, absolutely. The person that writes, no, he won't be able to do that. He'll be like virtual realities, you know? <laughs> Say, oh, no. Oh, I see. It's got a smiley face and a heart. Wow. <laughs> so what does that mean? No, it means talk to somebody on the phone or go by the house and talk to them, you know? Yeah. The reason I'm married 52 years is because I run. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but music, back to music, you know, it's like, for me, I was, I was, these kids were talking about playing, and I went to the house and they were playing this music, and it was all mid-range, and it was just like that. So it was like a basic thing. I wanted to open that door without telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. It was like your settings. You're in mid-range, you're there, there. Okay, now, you can't play where he's playing, period. Everyone Wherever has to have their space. Yeah, so don't, don't call and response, old African thing. Mm -hmm. They talk about funk, that's all funk is, call and response. But if you've got two people, it's easy. Three people, now you got to find that third piece, that third piece. Now, the four right. pieces, you got to find that fourth piece. Then you're rolling. Now the whole rhythm can be heard, you know? You know, so I, I listen to a lot of African music, um, Middle Eastern music. I listen to every music I can except American, Western music, because there's no, they miss the feel. You know, mm -hmm. Brazilian music. I want the feel of it. I want to hear where you, you change that chord right in the middle of the phrase, and it was like, ooh, that was delicious. You know, and I, right. I want to feel that again, but I can't feel it if I listen to sterile, you know. Mm. I call. I told Frank, there's one in three neighborhoods, you know, because white people notoriously clap on one, three, one, three. Black right. folks, two, four, you know, and Hispanics, six, eight. So he goes, six, eight? I went, yeah, six, eight neighborhoods, one, three neighborhoods. That's the way to say it without being stupid with it, you know. We were in Boston, and... I was going, I was trying to keep the crowd going. I'm playing two, three, four, and two. And they're going, 
It was like a wave of fish. Frank walks up to the mic and goes, Ray, these are white people. One, three, and they did it. I was amazed. I started to laugh. I was like, I'm done. Just turn me over. I'm done. They were like, oh, yeah, that was just a different wave. <laughs> that was, they were on the opposite. Oh, oh it man. Was, it was great. Do you guys play both? You, you play? Yeah. You play? You yeah. guys play together? Yeah, yeah. We're, that's how we started. Uh, we met um, at an open mic in the Lower East Side, and we, we started a band, and then that's how all of this happened. Right. And then we started doing, like, YouTube videos and stuff, and that's how, like, Richie found us, and, like, he started talking to us, and he hooked us up with, like, tickets to come see you. Like, this all happened just oh. because of the internet. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a good thing because it's it's the it's the start of a good thing. There there's, there are people that use the internet, and I lots of I watch a lot of, of uh, YouTube, and there are people that use it for this fake thing, but then I see the germ of the reality when I see some people that are really responding like you do in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that, that's natural. That's that's cool. So I'll watch them. I will contribute to their success. You know, yeah. I'll subscribe. Yeah. I'll like. I'll do that whole thing. And then it becomes like every day I'll watch them, you know? Yeah. I watched yeah. the kid give us uh, these uh, these people $50,000 the other day. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Met him at, Wal- at, at Walmart somewhere. I forgot the incident, but he started to go find me and money was coming in from Israel, from everywhere. Mm-hmm. 50 grand. And then an old, old couple. I mean, whoa, they were like, there were rocks younger than they were, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, it was a, but to see how it's used that way, right? it's like, that's the way it's supposed to be used. It's like people that use fame. They use fame like some weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm famous now. You go from where you are right now to selling triple platinum tomorrow. Can you maintain that heart? Can you maintain right. that feel of naturalness? Right. Can you still be accessible to people? Can you go to Walmart or to the local store and shop? And when people walk up to you, not be snotty or afraid, you know? Right. That's and that's we've, the, we've talked about that of certain artists that are able to do that, like like Bjork, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, like there's a few people that, like, even though they're big, like, you can tell, like, they, they would just be at a store and, like, not want yeah. to call attention to themselves, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just yeah. living their, their normal life, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard artists today who are great on social media but that's mm-hmm. not translating into filling out seats so you'll yeah. have somebody whose record went diamond and I'm, I'm talking about a real person right now record yeah. went diamond but they had to discount their tickets to like 20 dollars, and they still can't sell out their seats like you know and yeah. that that's the difference between like there's, said, there's, like a, there's, the there's something missing mm-hmm. right there's, there's something missing and when people connect it's like uh this morning i i, I yesterday I was thinking about this. I was like, wow, written all this music. I've got 125 albums of material here. And the first thing I released was just, I had to get something out. Just do it out there and see the picture on the cover. Oh, that's terrible. But it was like, like, get it out there. But it's like selling, it's like giving away a slave or, you know what I'm saying? Like a baby, you know? Mm. But it's not for money. It was like, oh, I got this idea. This feel, oh, that's a cool feel. Yeah. So I finished it. I go down the road and I finished the whole thing. Yeah, I like that. My wife will like it. When I started first started, the kids were just, they were small and they were just, if they went to sleep and went like that, that it was hit. <laughs> it was there. It's there, you know? <laughs> if they get up and dance, I could feel it's real. Mm-hmm. But I, I try not to say anything that's fake. 
And like when you when I first hooked up, I was playing um, primordial uh, thickness, which is <laughs> you know, it's like oh this thickness goes way back. I think it goes back a ways, you know. And there are people that born with this, you know. So I have to describe it. I'm like a griot in Africa, you know. You have to note it and describe it and keep history, you know. Read the history yeah. back to people. People yeah. don't understand. Yeah. There was a, there was a kid in my neighborhood in San Francisco, and he was trashing my kids' toys outside. So I'm like, "What's up?" I came outside, and he he cowered like like a you know like a dog would cower you know on the tail took his tail like he's been mm -hmm. beaten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he has a shirt off, and he turned around, and there were scars on his back, like that, like a slave had been whipped. Whoa. So I went. You know, I mean, I could try talking about it, but I, I took him in through the garage. I said, like, come here. The little studio downstairs at her house. I said, did you tell me something? They had all the LEDs were going red and your guitars, and he's like, ooh. I went, who's this? Because I said, you like rock and roll? Oh, that's white boy's music. I said, oh, yeah, come on. I put on that record, 45. I said, who's this? Black or white? He goes, black. Nope, James Vincent, white. But on the, who's that? No, no, no. He couldn't tell. The music was music. Mm -hmm. right. His ears were still not jaded, you know? So mm -hmm. the next day I said, I was talking to him, I said, that day, and I said, hey man, his hair. The young lady, what's your name? Sifa. Sifa. Sifa, see, oh, I love it. But um, you. you know what I'm saying? The hair was BBs, mm -hmm. uncombed, right, never right. been combed. You know, try to get a comb through it. It broke the comb. Yeah. So I said to him, "Keep letting him keep his dignity." I said, "Hey man, waves for the babes, curls for the girls." <laughs> Next day, my wife goes, "Come look." So I'm looking out the window, looking down. He's walking him back and forth around the house, waiting to see me. Hair combed. You know. Nice. Okay, go fast forward. Thirty years, fast forward. I'm helping a friend clear out this house, he flipped the houses, so I'm helping him, you know, get the thing together. In drives, up drives this big Cadillac Escalade, beautiful car. This tall guy gets out, really elegantly dressed. This black boy was on the money. He walks up, he goes, looks at he goes, Ray? I said, Charles? He goes, curls for the girls, <laughs> waves for the babe. He was a millionaire, real estate investor. Wow. That That's moment, amazing. he said that moment, because he was sleeping in the backyard of his relative's house. In my family, if you came from down south, and wherever you came from, we didn't have no beds. We got pallets. You put a pallet down. You know, some blankets. Kids are going, yeah, kids are kids. You know, they, anywhere I am, I'm cool. You know, as long as I'm safe, you know. But what you put in, you put seed in, possibly walk away. I don't expect anything from you. I want to see you live a cool life. Musicians the same way, more so because you're in front of people, you're saying things, and you got to be careful what you say. A friend took, a, I let him into a, a sound check in Arkansas somewhere. He said, they won't let me in. I was playing with a band called KVHW. Check them out. KVHW. So I let him in, and I let him record this song called The Point of No Return. He takes the song to the hospital. His mother's been in a coma for like three months. Terminal, cancer. He puts the headphones on. 
she wakes up. Whoa. Now, when he said, I'm getting goosebumps. When he said that, it was like, wow. It's like, be careful what you say. Your words can be healing. It's the phrase that I came with this phrase. It says, constructive criticism or destructive examination. Which is it? So when she woke up and he said that to me, and he's like tears in his eyes. I'm like, oh man, it just made me. I, That's beautiful. I, you know, the light comes out. But being a musician, I know some songs may come, some dark things may come, but I got to find a way to make it. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't keep it going to hell. I mean, come on. Now. I mean, there are people that love that that feel. Right. But yeah. if you want to rejoice. I mean, I don't want you walking away from here thinking negative thoughts. Right. And if you have a band and people think you're in a band, we can just do anything on stage. No. Every small move is seen. Mm -hmm. If you make a mistake and I go, they see it. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to act like it never happened. Mm -hmm. You act like it never happened and go on to the next, and you laugh. You know, somebody makes a mistake and go, oh, that was a good one. And you keep yeah. going pushing. <laughs> now you're bonding, you know, right. together. Right. Makes a difference. I'm sorry. I'm, I get carried away now. No, it's great. We no, love to hear it. Exactly. But I, I'm curious. So you said, so you dropped out of the band when you were like eighth, ninth grade after yeah. he told you, what are you doing? Yeah. How, yeah. So then, so how do you go? Like, what's it between like that? Like, what did you do after that up and, until like you like meeting Frank and getting involved in all this? Well, I went to high school. I was a nine letter man in school. You know, got letter in every sport. Whoa. Uh, got out, graduated high school. Um, my, my stepfather got me a job doing industrial x-ray missile parts great job but i was bored you know kid <laughs> i went to the air force me and a friend and so they sent me to italy for four years since 1963 vietnam was hot and i was in the air force joined the band there with some guys and really cool i learned a lot came home back to the midwest and it was like oh uh, no, <laughs> you know, I've been to Italy, I've been to Germany, I've been, and all of a sudden, you, it was a you never, you never go home again. Yeah, the desk looks smaller, the streets look smaller. It's like, wow, I've been on the Champs Elysees, Champs Elysees, I've been stood on the Eiffel Tower. What is this? You know, I'm in Aurora, Illinois, Aurora, <laughs> Wayne's World, remember? Yeah, that's Our where I'm, that's where I went to school, Aurora, Illinois. Wow. How dare you? <laughs> so, anyway. So I left there, I, I came home to the Air Force and it was like, I'm not doing this. Flew to San Francisco, I had a silver dollar in my pocket and my guitar. Wow. And a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And this woman was crazy. <laughs> crazy, ooh, not the word. <laughs> but anyway, I got a job at Abercrombie and Fish and I went to, I'm, I'm thinking the wrong way around here. Ended up at the, at the Mint, the Bureau of the Mint in San Francisco. Met my wife there. I was doing this band uh, in this band called Willie and the Wild Bunch. Mm -hmm. I had just found out that the guy back in the band was a pimp. Oh, man. Now, my real father, bishop in the church. Ooh. <laughs> Three brothers, ministers. Ooh. Mother, church lady. This doesn't sit well with my spirit. <laughs> you know, yeah. Usury doesn't... That, vibe of bullies and that kind of vibe it makes me oh i get ooh man you just don't know so 
I met this guy at this house. We had this beautiful place in San Rafael. You can see San Francisco, like the Emerald City. And the phone rings that says, for you, Ray. So all these guys, these thugs and nerdy wills. And so it was Bianca, Lady Bianca, Lady Bianca Thornton. And she goes, can you talk? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was doing a song by the OJs called Survival. And one of the lines was, my little girl needs a new pair of shoes. I'm going to slow my speech down. I talk really fast. Uh, needs a new pair of shoes. She says, I hear your little girl needs a new pair of shoes. I said, yeah. Can you be at the airport at 430? Yeah. Got your guitar? Yeah. Gone. Flew to, flew to LA. She tells me, he's going to test you on this. And she sings this strange line. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I go to the audition. I walk in with clogs, white linen pants, a dashiki, and an afro that big. <laughs> Frank goes, oh, no, the Black Panthers are trying out for the band. <laughs> I hadn't, I don't, I don't know who he was. Okay, back up. A week or two before that, a friend of ours had invited me to his house. He lived in our projects. But his father was the head of the EOC in San Francisco. He didn't need to live in the projects. He wanted the experience. Mm -hmm. Hervey, if you're listening, you know it's true. Anyway, <laughs> he puts on moving to Montana. And I was like, I'm looking at the wrong place. The camera right here. <laughs> I keep wandering around there. I keep like you're in the room. But um, so I'm like, this is the craziest white man in the world. I go to LA, it's him. He plays wow. this line and he goes, play this line. I looked at it, he goes, real arrogantly, he puts a cigarette in his mouth and goes, watch my fingers. <laughs> I'm like, watch your fingers. Excuse me. I gotta put my yeah, there you go. Now I got symmetry. Okay. <laughs> but I said, I said, I don't want to see your fingers. Not turn my back. I said, play it. He plays it. I play it by ear. Nice. His, manager, his manager goes, his mouth went. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, can you sing? I said a little bit. And so City of Tiny Lights. Show him the song. Get it. The manager immediately comes against me and walks me across the floor, telling me about the money, no drugs, and all this stuff. The whole I'm like, you guys are still trying out behind me. <laughs> the gig is gone. Right. But I was in Frank Zappa's band. Went to his house that night, and we were, he was talking. We were, after we talked about doo wops and stuff. Floor full of albums, all with conk. You know what a conk is? The straighten yeah. hair. Mm -hmm. like Look at the fifties pictures of, of old groups. We got yeah. the hair straightened and the pompadours, Tony, there's one called a Tony Curtis. I, I wore that one, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah. you know, you put that stuff on your hair to your head burns and it's always oh, ready. Ready? I'm dying here. But <laughs> went to his house, went back to San Francisco and guys were like, who are you playing with? I was like, um, I mean, Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa, <laughs> the hell's going on? Zappa, and they fall, what is going on? Who is this dude? Fast forward, I'm at Burbank Airport, getting ready to fly back to San Francisco after some rehearsals. George Duke walks up and goes, Ray White, how does George Duke know my name? <laughs> George Duke goes, Ray White, and I went, I'm standing there. Have you ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, but that became a oh, movie. Yeah, okay, when, when, when uh, Arthur Dent was stranded on ancient Earth, you know, and this, uh, what's his name? 
Oh, Wild Banger, the Wild Banger, the infinitely prolonged. He he lived forever. So his mission was just I have nothing to do. I'll go from planet to planet and from solar, you know, solar system right. to solar system and just insult people by name. He's got a scroll <laughs> of all the people in the universe. That's his gig. He lands Arthur Dent hasn't seen or spoken to anybody in years. So he's like, the guy's like, Arthur Dent? He goes, Yes. You're a jerk and a knee biter. He gets back in the ship and he's lifting off. Arthur needs a ride, but he can't talk. He hasn't used his vocal cords. George Duke, me, I can't talk. He's like, he's like playing, Frank, playing with Frank. I went, yeah. He goes, crazy shit, huh? Yeah. And he walks away, and I'm like, he walks away, and I'm like, but Masked Man, I, I who is the Masked Man? You know, the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger never stops for hellos and thank you. Lone Ranger always just on his horse. Rise off into the sunset, you know. Wow, but it was it was a cool, it was a cool time, you know. Wow, that's crazy. So you heard, so you heard Montana. You didn't know who this guy was. You're like this dude is crazy. No and the next thing you know, you get called up. Oh, I got an audition, and it just well, happens to be him. But yeah, but I. I mean, what it, what it came, where it came from was I was nice to her. Right. She was in a relationship that was you still know, you know, kind of stuff that women have to deal with. And especially then, and it was, it, I was, oof, so I was upset with this person she was with because he would put hands on to the point she would almost get a contract, be ready to go do the contract, and he would beat her up, stuff like that. Wow. You know, don't want to be left behind. She got the gig with Frank. He followed her on the, and got on, jumped on the crew bus, and she had to lead the way out. And but she called. I was kind to her because that's who I am. I wouldn't kind to her to be kind to her. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, you don't just start stomping on people. I don't, I don't have that mentality, you know? So she remembered me, suggested me to Frank. I thank her to this day. Lady Bianca. Yeah. She's, boy, she's got a voice like you would not believe. Play keyboards like, like, it's like take Big Mama Thornton and put in some. Etta James and some Rita Franklin. <laughs> the woman can blow. Wow. And she's just body with it, you know? She yeah. suggested me and I got the gig and I thank her to this day, you know? Shout Good friend. Out to Lady Bianca. Yeah. She 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 did friend. She didn't talk friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There are those that talk friendship like right. I'm your friend, but when you I'm out of gas on the freeway, man. Can you Oh, oh. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, okay, okay. Shows your heart, you know. Instead well, of saying like actions always speak louder than words, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and music, those people I'm gonna put it. It's I can feel in 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 from with somebody new and there's four or five people in the room and got instruments, and I can feel the one that's reticent to let go and be a part of. Instead of trying to bring it all to himself, mm-hmm. right? He's not. So he's not letting it go. To, to see how it blends with everything else, mm-hmm. it's always me, me. You know, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'd love for that. But how about me? You know what I'm saying? Right. With right. my brother, I told him I gave him this concept, and he writes this song. It's all about me. You know, oh, dinner was great last night. And she goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. But you know, it's all about me. 
oh, sex was tremendous. She goes, oh, really, dear? Yeah, yeah but you know, it's, it's all about me, you know? <laughs> Everything's this way. When the point's that way, you can't go there. There's no way. Right. You want to showboat on stage and not make it a part of the show. You know, I, friends were like, why don't you get more songs? I'm like, I don't care. One song, that's all I need. My mother said, if you take a bushel basket and put it over a fire, what happens? It catches on fire. Mm -hmm. From one little fire, now it's bigger. Mm -hmm. One song is all you need. Step on the gas, do it, step back. It's not your show, it's for the ensemble. Mm -hmm. It's for the show, not for me. But everybody enters the thing like, stepping stone, I'll do this, then I'll be famous. Right. You haven't even gotten past the first place. You haven't even gotten into the first place, but you're planning on the next step. Mm -hmm. How about treating the people you're with kindly? How about loving where you're at, having fun with where you're at, becoming a unit? That comes later. Money is down the road. This is what counts. Because without when you lose your money, you're going to find out who your friends are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I can't be famous and rich without my friends being on the beach in Hawaii with me. Mm -hmm. But I won't have them there if I have an arrogant butthole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Frank said you can have, he says, you, you can get three monkeys and a baboon, teach them three chords apiece. You got 70 songs. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody wants to go on the road with a dork. They say, no, a double dork. Wait for it. A double dork butt rash. And no one wants to hang out with you. You know, there was, when you're playing music, man, and there's just that flow, wherever you mm -hmm. go. I like to play chords where a lead, play, lead player can go like that. You right. know? Yeah. Playing Frank's music is hard because it's set in stone almost. I got to play what I wanted to play. I knew the chords, but I got to play those riffs underneath like I wanted to play them. But some guys get to the point where it's like, no, he, he wrote a 16th over and in this. You forgot the fun. Right. We had fun. You can't just stand there and go. Bring it to life, please. Yeah. Somebody right. drop your trousers. Do something, you know. And that makes me think of some of that you said earlier. And like, let me know if, if my perception of this is wrong. Like you were saying how when you were in school, it's like they had like, you know, this like by the book kind of thing. And you're like, yeah. this has nothing to do with the music that I actually like and the music that I like. But I feel like with Frank, and this is just what it seemed like from us, like knowing more about Frank and listening to him. I feel like he had that the book, but he also it obviously had so many other influences. He kind of was able to combine that. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Look, his hero was Johnny Guitar Watson. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> or here's my Johnny Guitar story. If you want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so Frank had told me about Johnny Guitar and, and how cool he was. And how, he liked Johnny a lot. So I'm doing a gig in LA with this guy, what's his name? Harvey Scales, Sales, or I forget his name. But he wrote some songs for Johnny Taylor, which were hits. And he, he wanted me to play with him. I went to LA with him and did this show, and Johnny was headlining the show. And at the end of the show, Johnny was up. He had one leg up on the table at this, at this certain table. And the woman is sitting there, and Johnny's crotch is right here. <laughs> and he's grinding, and she's going, oh, Johnny, oh, you're just so crazy. And I'm like, yeah, no, dude. <laughs> I mean, look, okay, a show is one thing, but no, 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 no. no. <laughs> We're not doing this. So at the end of the show, what I did was I got her on the floor. 
and I crawl across the floor and I'm going, Johnny Guitar was. Oh, Johnny Guitar. And I, I get his pant leg and I'm climbing up his pant leg. Johnny Guitar. And he's going, he goes, you might have to, I'm going to say the N word. You might have to bleep it. Get up, little N word. <laughs> and so I went, okay, so fast forward a couple of years, I'm going down to Frank's house, driving up to Laurel Canyon. And I pull in, and park. I had bought this little car so I could have it down in L.A. for, you know, rehearsals. I park it, a little raggedy, little Datsun, whatever it was. A Stutz Bearcat pulls in behind me. Wow. I get out of my car. This guy gets out of his car. It's Johnny. <laughs> We're walking up the street, going into Frank's, up to Frank's house, ring the bell. He's, I'm right behind him. He's getting a little concerned. This is either <laughs> going to be a riot, a mugging, <laughs> or a church meeting. Okay, so he rings the bell. Okay, goes up. I'm right behind him. Walking to the studio, Frank goes, "Hey, Johnny, you see you met Ray." <laughs> Johnny goes, "He just looked that little side look, <laughs> a little crazy. You that crazy little n word." <laughs> oh, He's like, That's "I remember hilarious. you." Yeah, he goes into the studio. Frank puts on, um, I don't want to get drafted, or was it in France? I think it was France. And Johnny plays with the snuckles like this and goes, bang, bang, boom, shoot, bang, bang. See you later. Frank goes, bye. And one take, and he's gone. <laughs> Wait a minute, you know? But it was like, it was this. Yeah. So yeah. Frank was always, he had that feeling of the underdog. There's a song he did called Nigga Business. Mm -hmm. Have you heard it? No. He showed me the song. I told him we got to do the song. He goes, he was afraid that somebody from the NAACP would show up at my door in the hotel. Mm -hmm. I said, I want the first brother that got his PhD and didn't go back to the community to save one of those gifted children. Oh, I dare him to knock on my damn door. <laughs> so we go fast forward. The tour is going on. We get to Detroit. Cobo Hall, the security's black. Vendors are all black. Everything in there was black. And Frank does this long turn to me. <laughs> what did you I say? went, you would. And he goes, nigga business. We go into the song. As soon as the first verse behind the stage, from behind the stage walks like five, these older black guys, you know the one with the gold teeth? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they sat down. They, they started saying, tell them about it, baby. Tell them about it. <laughs> Frank looked at me. I said, they don't hear that word. You're talking about what happened to this musician in the 50s. To a lot of black musicians. They got ripped out of their publishing, mm -hmm. their writing, get my Cadillac from cocaine and a white girl. I'm successful. <laughs> mm. Understand? Then they broke. They broke. And I had I sang that song with my heart, with all my heart, because it was a a, a, a clarion call, you know? Yeah. Wake up. It's not that that was then, and it doesn't have to do with white men and black men. It has to do with greedy men, understand? And naive men and women, mm -hmm. you know? You clear, clear the whole deck of all that race, and you go, just because you're white doesn't make you right, but if you're greedy, I can't deal with it, you. Yeah. you know? If I say 50-50, it's fair. 
Well, let's start fair. Can we at least start? Okay, we're doing a hundred yard dash. You go twenty yards down down the track and put your put your starting blocks in. Hey, dude, come back here with the rest of us. Let's start fair. I'll I'll compete, but you know, I keep looking at your picture up here. <laughs> Concentrate, Ray. No. So is that what the music process was like with the Zappa band? Like, was it more like him feeling you guys out as musicians and then composing something? Or was it like, was it a lot of creative freedom? Like what? Well, he had, he was the creator of all this stuff, but it would be a point there would be at at a point where uh, uh, like we were in New York somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think the best compliment I ever got in my life. (laughs) We were playing The Torch Never Stops. So him and Bozio, what was it? No, him and I think it was Vinny Caliuto were going out. And Frank would do the solo and they would go out and he would change change time and tempos, change everything right in the middle of the solo. And Vinny be right with, would be right with him. Okay, but if we start here, two, three, four, you go, across that, one, be on the one, see? I can put five over this. Right? But it's got to come back to that. Right. If I'm holding the one down, be real. Come back on that one. So they missed it. They missed the one. So I adjusted. So I walk off stage and Vinny goes, Vinny, if you're listening, remember this story? Vinny goes, Ray, um, where did you hear the, the one? No, I asked him. I said, Vinny, where did you hear the one? He goes, one is relative. And I say, yeah, it's relative to where you start. <laughs> it relates to the starting point. It's, it is relative all the way through. But you have to start with the first point of relativity right here, you know? And Frank told me to stop playing because I, I confused him. <laughs> I confused you. Yes, <laughs> this is a good day. But he wrote the he, he wrote the stuff, and on stage we had there was time and he would just take it out. Okay, here, this this meant reggae. <laughs> he just go like that in the middle of a song on a black page. We go twist the hair, <laughs> you know, dreadlocks, reggae, and we're going to reggae. This. 1300 cc brain, heavy metal. <laughs> wow. So all these signals, and we just shift and go there. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, so cool. So I'm going to be looking for those in videos of Frank. Yeah. I'm going to be looking for you those You can see it. Now. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. that. And we were in a place in France. It was an amphitheater, a Roman amphitheater, and the, the Statue of Caesar was still in the wall right above us on stage. Okay, I went backstage with Frank, and he had this stuff. Cordon Noir, I think it's called. It was beyond cognac, beyond anything I'd ever tasted. It was, oh, it was heaven. But we got really loose back there. We go on stage and we're doing tiny lights. And we started talking about Tarzan movies. I'm going, and Frank goes, walks over right in my ear and goes, Krigabandulu, white man gum, fire stick kill. <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, okay, still vamping. Next thing he comes, he says some more crazy stuff. I just went, I put my middle finger up, F it, I'm out of here. I laid down on the floor. 
Mm-hmm. He takes the mic and leaves the mic down to my mouth. <laughs> and I sang the song from the floor. Crowd is going nuts. Fun. Yeah. Still, you know, but it's got to yeah. be, you, you can play those notes. But in the middle of it, he'll just go. And last night, somebody did sing. And like, oh, no, he's going to tell. And the music would change. Yeah. You know? So he was, it was it was a, a cool thing. He had he had expectations of stuff that you play these notes. Once you get under your belt, you have freedom to move. Okay. But don't, you know, you got to know the music. You got to know it. Right. And if there was somebody that didn't sing their parts. He was lip syncing. I want to tell you that story, but I don't want to. I don't want to put somebody out and throw them under the bus. You don't want to call anyone out. <laughs> no, it's it's not necessary. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, uh, what's that line? Um, tell the truth, deny everything. It's your life. You get just what you bring. Mm. You know, you, that's what happens. You get what you bring. You bring right. falseness. You get falseness. Right. You, know? you get and out you what get you put fa- into life. Mm-hmm. You if you don't put, man, I love it. This morning I woke up and put this song. What was it? Um, no, it's a. I started writing this book. This morning, and the title I forget the title, but it's like mm. <laughs> you, you. I won't go there, but I realized what I was writing because I've been told I was going to get something today, and I was like, I, I I prayed yesterday, and it's like I need, you know. Sometimes I have to. Most times be pointed in the direction I'm, I get, you know, things get convoluted. You got all these songs and you're trying to put them together in a cohesive thing and you get sidetracked. Mm-hmm. So I need concentration. I need meditation. I need that moment, but I need that assistance. And so God give me this, not give it to me, show me where to go. I got the hammer and the, whatever I need, I'll do the work. I'll get up this morning with this idea. It was a cool idea. So I started writing. And I showed it to my wife. And she's like, oh. I went, it's, you know, it's one of those things. I make sure I get up and I give thanks for what I, you can believe in. I've read the, the Egyptian book of the dead. I've read all these positive books. I've read the Quran. I've read all this stuff. Back when I was 18, 19 years old, I was searching. And the same thing goes, it's about musical. I'm going to get back to that real quick. Because in the Bible, it said David danced out of his clothes. Woo. That's, that had to be a groove. <laughs> you know so my uh, my whole thought before I got this tuning that happened a couple months ago, I've been saying, I want to find a chord or a note that, put a, that will put a smile on the face of God. Nice. Not a million dollars, not an extra girl besides my wife, not anything else. Just if I could do that and feel the person like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm cool. You know, right. so about a couple of weeks later, I, I'm in the bed getting ready to go to sleep. And I don't want to say a voice, but it's like a dream state. And it's like, mm-hmm. get up. I got up on the front room. I walked in here. You're a guitarist. You'll understand this. Tune your guitar this way. I tuned it that way. I play fluidly from the nut all the way down. I can play on the back side of the guitar. And the chords that come out are strange. Just absolutely. But I finally found what I wanted to play. Right. How I wanted to play. Western tuning bores me. 
it's too many, it's too regimented, it's too, it's too mathematical, you know? It's strict math. It's not African math. It's not Asian math. It's not Middle Eastern math. I love that stuff. What, what's it called? What's the country called? Is it Sri Lanka now? Mm-hmm. Is it, there's a country that used to be called Serendip. Serendip? Serendipitous? You mean there was a place called Serendip? Now, I want to hear the music from that place. The music has got to be like, you know? Yeah. You dig? It's like the Lydian scale. It comes from ancient mm. Asia Minor. I want to hear the music that they that I mean that's like standing next to the throne, you know? Yeah. Because they were writing to another place. Yeah. They weren't writing to booty crunching. <laughs> you understand? Right. Yeah. They're writing to it's like if you can wake up in the morning and see a thought. In that song on that album, there's one uh um I forget the name of the song even, uh Bathsheba, Queen of Sheba, when she was going to see Solomon. And she brought in gold and all this stuff. She brought gold and silver, diamonds, all this stuff, just for, you know, tribute. But the most important thing she took was a list of questions. And this is where my attention went. Bang. Because I got three daughters and a son. And when you go out with somebody, have specific things in your head, in your heart, you want to bring out of that person. Want to ask specific questions, lead the conversation to there to see if they're going from the mind or from the heart. You can't lie. You can think, oh, yes, and I, you know, and I did this, and mm hmm. And what about, well, I think, and you know, when it's tilted and it's like, uh, that doesn't even feel right. That's not nature. Right. You're, you're, that's mechanical, yeah. you know? So that's why I wrote that song. It's about have a list of questions. Yeah. Young girls, or, uh, pay attention. That's how you'll discern another's intentions and lessons they have learned. That's what I, I like to write from that point of view. So I'm, I'll ask you a question, but the answer is implied. My mother used to say, if you want to know something, ask the question. You're halfway home. Mm-hmm. Once you start thinking about it, you're there already. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's what I try to put in the music without saying, be good boys and girls. Don't do drugs. And don't. <laughs> Look, I got a joint right here. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I want, I want you to think, if I can. There's some simplistic things I do, but I like. My music is called Geopoly Sci-Fi. Geopolitical Science Fiction. Who drew the first line? Who's the first person that separated my house from your house, my neighborhood from your neighborhood, my city? You know that whole, right. uh, uh, and it exponentially it gets bigger and bigger. And then it's just a, a it's like a spider's web of bull stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah all, all these made up borders and made up separations. I'm gonna blame Kane. No, I'm just kidding. He oh! <laughs> <laughs> built the first city. Oh, there you go. Go, you watch out now, young lady. So you start no stuff. Absolutely cool. That's a good song. That's a good song. Blame, blame it on Kane. <laughs> blame keep blaming Kane. That is sick. You gotta write that. Well, it's gonna be. You got my email. We, uh, huh? It's gonna be credited to you. <laughs> no, well, you know what? I'm telling you, it's. This is how I consider this an honor, but this is how stuff is written. Real stuff. If we're sitting in a room, in a van, and we're just talking, smoking a spliff or not, drinking some wine, drinking a, a nice 
single malt that my wife bought me the other day, and I love her anyway. Because my birthday's tomorrow. Ooh, anyway, happy birthday! I'll it's be thirty-nine to, again. Uh, <laughs> you're close to Dan. His birthday's coming up soon too. When is it? Thursday. You have cancer. Yeah. Walk it. You know, <laughs> you know, but I love, I love, I love people. I got off the point there, but I love people and I love what I do. This is all this equipment is centered around. I come in to work. My wife likes TV. She likes PBS, documentary stuff like that. She likes old movies and she likes English drama, you know, things on TV. Mm-hmm. Love it. And she's there. TV there, no money, whatever you need, baby. I got this, you know. And we've been married fifty-two years. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Same way as a band, we met at the Met. I saw her in the hallway. Now, I wasn't supposed to get that job. How things work? There were three thousand people ahead of me on the list in the federal government. I applied for this job. I got an interview. Walked in. I got the job. I see her walking down the hallway. She's telling me she saw me and she knows what I was wearing that day. And we just started talking. And one day we just said, Let's we'll go out and have dinner. No sex. Nothing. One kiss. That was all it was. And we'll get to know each other. We're gonna become friends. If it works. We became friends. Go to Twin Peaks, look at the city, go out to the beach, go out to Seal Rock, out, you know. Different places, downtown to Pam Pam's West, you know, places that black people didn't go. I didn't know that because I'd been in Italy for four years. You dig what I'm saying? So my, my, my view was a little larger. But with her, her dad is Irish, her mother's black. Come on. <laughs> That's a no brainer. But it was respect that brought us together. And we love each other. And that, that works for me. Mother raised 12 kids. She raised, raised 12 kids. And 12 kids, seven boys, five girls. She taught me both sides of the of the of, of my nature. You know, feminine side, masculine side. She said certain things that, that ring true still to this day. I know it's true because I feel it. Because I opened to it. I opened up to it. It came. That scared, that tuning I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna get up off it one day. <laughs> oh, the guitar check. I wouldn't let him my guitar on the road, the second guitar. He goes, Well, I had to. I was gonna find out eventually because I tuned the guitar. So I went, Yeah, but you never know. So I changed some strings every time you gave it to me. He went, <laughs> <laughs> he, thought he, Got him. He, he thought he had it. But it was just the idea I wanted to, you know, work on this and see what it was myself yeah. and have that space. I was given that, so I wasn't gonna throw it away. You know, I was given that, and it was pretty precious to me. And I've listened to Johnny, all these different artists that use alternate tunings, mm-hmm. and I find these shapes in each one. Mm-hmm. I, I find those shapes are they, they cross all lines. I mix the lady. I don't care what it is. Once I find the first shape, I got the rest of it. I don't look for a, a mode. I look for the shape. Tell me. I was in rehearsal in LA with Frank, big hall. We were playing finally pre-production, you know? And I'm in a corner playing this thing, playing something. Frank walks in and goes, what's that mode? I went, uh, I don't know, I'm just spilling my name. 
spelling your name. I said, yeah, you know, R A Y. We sat in the corner about a half hour, 45 minutes spilling things. Wow. Here I'm showing friends that we, he, it wasn't showing him. Once he heard it, he jumped in. Yeah. Which is the most lovely thing you can think of happening. Yeah. And the band's like, Ray. <laughs> but it was like, it's a spell, a spell your name. Make a shape, make a square, make a star. Wow. You can't forget these things. Mm. You're you saying angles, so geometry. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm saying you're saying so many cool things. Like, how inspirational is that? Like, I never thought of anything like that. It's, well, the seven, well, the seven forms was uh, architecture, music, uh, there's a seven, what do they call it? What do they call it? They're all part of the same uh, circle. Oh, God. But they all equal one. It's like the colors, primary colors. Take the primary colors. Those three colors, you divide it. You got the Star of David. But you also have those colors in between. You have those frequencies in between. Right. Take a white light, change the frequency, it changes colors. Mm -hmm. Right? right. Mm -hmm. So if I want to really get you get your emotions and you're getting me, you know, I want to make it sad, I go straight up blue, but I want a crystal blue. I want to kind of do blue to make you go, oh. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, so the lights and all that stuff, they go together with the chords, with the stuff that you play. At the end of the show, red and yellows and stuff. But I, I looked at it as, yeah, it all equals the same thing. Right. A feeling. And you yeah. promote that feeling, and the better you get at it, people don't even know they're, they're not being manipulated as much as brought along. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that's a good feeling. Right. To have people walk out going, man, it was it was like going to a good French, a good French restaurant and walking out going, man. That taste is in my mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I can't get rid of that that thought of how well they did that in Scarborough. You know, yeah. and I go to where I, when I go to places, I look at their food. I go to try to get into someone's home to eat. Someone invites me over. I'm there. I want to taste it. I can smell it. I know what it is now. Mm -hmm. I know how to approach it. And I've learned the first words I learned are, "How do you say?" In Italian, "Come si dice." So I'm an American, don't speak Italian. Come si dice. In English, rain. I give them the sign language. Like, oh, piove. Grazie, grazie. Come si dice. Questo. In Italiano. Ah, la finestra. You know? And my hands start to work. God, put them away. <laughs> but you know, it's like, humble yourself. Music comes. You start to stress out on a song. Stop. Mm -hmm. No more than 45 minutes. Stop. Take a breath. Perspective. I'm back. I don't know a single chord by name, but I've played these things and people are like, what is that chord? Yeah. I don't know. And they don't believe it. <laughs> because I can hear. I hear the chords. I hear the in-between notes. I hear the passing tones. I don't need to clutter my brain up with, oh, that's a G over C minor plus the dog <laughs> i mean it's good to know those roadmaps it's great to know those roadmaps but if you get caught up in it you end up going before frank zappa like these guys from berkeley and juilliard auditioning and they they could read frank called them nat notes g-n-a-t nat notes mm -hmm. you can spray a million nats on the wall and they could read it 
but they could not play, play a 12 bar blues to save their life. They forgot. Because what matters is the feeling, right? Yeah. yeah, they forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Do, 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 do. They forgot that. Yeah. Frank told the band one time, he said, you guys are so white. If I threw you in water, all I would see was veins. <laughs> oh, I was the only black guy on the bus that day. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, do I laugh loud or do I <laughs> fall over? <laughs> I slid under the seat. I was laughing so hard. Oh, but it's just a matter of, you know, I think people that get so lost in I can play a thousand notes a minute. What's Montgomery yeah. said is one note. BB King, one note. Just right. one note. And he's going like this. That note's just singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It Sing. wasn't it, it was uh Miles Davis that said it's more important than notes you don't play, right? Yeah, and ambiguity. Yeah. It's that space. I lead you to the space. Your mind fills the blank, fills in the right. blank. You know? Yeah. Sing is the way same way. I don't hear a, a, a scale. I just go, when I go there, I'm not singing. I'm telling the story. Yeah. If there was, okay, here's a, the guy that started, um, um, well, this is rich guy in, in San Francisco, in Novato. He wanted me to teach his son, 13-year-old son, how to sing. I go to the house, and the kid's like, snotty. You know what I'm saying? You know the one? When you just want to go, let me just take you to my house for about a week. You'll be <laughs> fine when you get home. You know, let my mother just get, go to my mom's house. You'll be, oh, Donald Trump would have been an exemplary human being if he had met my mother. <laughs> but anyway, so I told him, I said, uh, you know, sing me your favorite song. What's your favorite song? He goes, we don't need no education. We don't need. I stood up. His father left the room. This is what I said. God damn it, the bitch just pissed you off. Tell her. He stood up and went, we don't need no. And his father comes in the room and goes, what? what? When's the next lesson? I said, there are none. He knows how to to go there. Tell the truth from where it's at. Tell the truth about when she walked away with another guy. When you tell that truth and you feel that truth, there'll be the front row and everybody else is going to be Know that? Know that? They forget you're even singing. They're they're hearing a story. That's it. That's their life reflecting. You know, right. tell the story. Don't try to sing no notes. You know, those notes. Yeah. That the story is going to take you to those places. It's going to take you to those places. When I hit those real hard places, it's it's like an aikido. One point, one point where everything's centered, and you can't be knocked off balance, mm-hmm. and it just goes. And I just love it. When it's given, I don't do it. I'm a radio, turn it on, waiting. <laughs> but it's just, you know, what do you do? Wait, wait, say your name again. Sifa. Say, say it again. Sifa. Is it S-E or S-I? S-I. F-F-F-A. Uh, that's cool, Sifa. Thank you. What does it mean? Character. Just the character. Yeah, no, get out of here. Is it African? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's Middle Eastern African. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my daughter's name is uh, Ayo. Ayo. It's from Nigerian Yoruba. It means yeah. joy. It's descended to earth. Okay. I got that name from the ambassador. The ambassador. I guess he's the ambassador from Nigeria. He's in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. He had his robes on. The little thing that 
don't know what kind of animal's tail that was, but <laughs> something that wasn't alive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying a rabbit foot is lucky. What did it do anything for the rabbit? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but so I walked I walked out the elevator and this little baby, darker than your shirt, mm-hmm. beautiful white teeth, ran to me with her arms up. My wife is in San Francisco pregnant. Baby runs to me. And the mother goes, she doesn't even run to her father. She saw something. I yeah. love it. I went, what's her name? She goes, Ayo. Thank you. Back in the elevator. <laughs> Got I it. Found, I found the name. You know, it's, it's home. I, I, I've i been listening to, uh, you know, uh, what's the name? Uh, oh, God. Is it Letty? Let, um, Hathaway. What's her name? Not Donnie Hathaway's daughter. No, no, no. The, the African girl. Um, no. Get the, uh, it's Hathaway. Hathaway also. What's her name? God, she is so sick. I love her videos and I love her. I love the music because I've been trying to get home. I've been trying to get back to the field mm-hmm. and I found it. When I found it, I didn't want to let go wow. because it's all a part of me. That's what I wanted to ask you, because you were saying that you were traveling and stuff like that. You're talking about what music sounds like in other countries. So I wanted to know, like, does that rank top on like why you want to go to another country? Like, I like to go for like eating, but like, um, do you go to (laughs) another country to know what the music sounds like there? Is that one of your main reasons to travel? It's it's for um, it's for the feel Mm -hmm. and the food really gives me an insight. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. You, you go. I don't go to like Burger King or you know, come on, mm-hmm. or to some commercial place. Mm-hmm. I want to go with a local, that little alley, mm-hmm. that little local restaurant around the corner there. Mm-hmm. And you go in, you get the best wine. Mm-hmm. Man, get out of here! It's borscht. I had some borscht. I, I told the guy, I haven't had a good borscht since what, what a year. He drove nine hundred miles round trip back to just the second, the second or third gig and bought me his wife's homemade borscht. Wow. Now that was being there. I hadn't been in that country until that moment. I had never been there. Until that moment, I tasted that, I'm here. I've been here. Yeah. You know, but the music, not second to anything. I mean, I love the music because it's still natural. Mm-hmm. You know, when you find the primitive side of it, you, you're walking in, my mother used to say, walking in high cotton. Yeah. See, when you walk in high cotton, it means you don't have to bend over so far to pick it, right? So walking in high cotton means, hey, you you got your stuff together, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't been to Africa. I wanted to go. I almost made it. I was, um, we were in England. I had like three or four days off. So I told Frank, I'm going to Morocco. He goes, okay. Then he called rehearsals in those days. <laughs> oh, man. Well, see, I read this book by... Um, Francis Bebe, I think it's B-E-B-E-Y, something like that, Bebe. He's a musicologist, but there's no such word in any African language for music. Yeah, not with the French or the English. No such word. Whatever it was, it reflected it reflected nature. Mm-hmm. So you had the African waterfall. It's a rice inside of it. You turn it, it sounds like a waterfall. Oh, yeah. But there's another one that sounds like a, a panther. So kids were trained, you go outside and they blew that thing to run into the hut, you know? And I'm like, ooh, then it's an earth bow. I, I want to see these things in him, you know? Mm-hmm. It's in the ground, there's a can in the ground with a string attached to it and a stick. It's like the washtub thing, you know, the 
the uh, hillbillies just play here with the bass, <clears throat> with the broomstick, you know. Mm -hmm. But this one, the whole ground becomes a soundboard. Mm. Dude, I gotta feel that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To be able to play something and that resonate, it resonates like that. Yeah. yeah. So I I listened to a lot of things and one my brother listened to, he was schizophrenic, and nobody in the family thought they didn't know what was wrong with him and. They always thought he had this, you know, he has delusions. Okay, I understand that. But I'm the only one that can bring him back to normalcy. But what I do is I walk up to him and I just go, Herman, come here. Kiss me with your tongue. And he goes, Ray, stop. He's back. He's back. You dig what I'm saying? So he wrote this song. I told him, I said, we're talking about Vietnam. This during during the time when Vietnam was hot. But there's something else going on in the opposite direction. What are they doing? So he writes this line. It starts like, resting deep within my mind, there sleep memories of you. Motherland, we know you well, although we be a few. <clears throat> let us light, let us light the path by night, light the path by night and dance beneath the moon. Ah, madness creeps within the bush. Ah, concrete jungles too. Looking homeward. Madness creeps within the bush. Ah. Concrete jungles. I'm like, dude, get off me. And he just come up with it right there. Just off, you know? And so I keep that calmness and I know where he's at. He's a wash. And he finds land for a minute, then he's back at it. You know, at the mercy of the waves. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, one of our, our kids is um has autism. One of um our cousins. His wife, she's a Jewish girl, she's a beautiful girl. And Xavier was born, he's autistic. And so I'd walk in, he'd been looking in the eyes, you know. And so I took my guitar over my acoustic, I'm sitting on the couch, I play a note, and I go, um, um, I feel him crawling on the couch next to me, um, and I stop, I'm not looking at him. So he go, um, Next thing, his hands on my shoulder, and he's right there. He's lost in it, but he's home. Yeah. Understand? Yeah. So that second, he's home, and nothing's confusing. It's all it takes: calm, calm the waters, peace be still. It's a line: peace be still. No, my friend uh, used to be a cop in San Francisco. He shows up at my door one day, opened the door, and all I saw was a black cloud. He was so broken. His three-year-old son getting hit by a car or something. And it's like, and I was like six foot eight, big guy. And the whole, I had just been listening to this song. I was like, come here. And I put it on. It's, it's, it's called Peace Be Still. Back in the day when I was going for other things, you know, like, calming things around me, you know? And it was just a, it was a visual of the eye of the storm is a calm place. All this stuff is going around you. Right. So just, just take, choose to stay in the eye. Whatever it takes, stay in the eye. Don't get in that outside circle if you're gone, you know? So stay in the eye of the storm. You see all this madness around you? Mm -mm. Stay in the eye. You know, they call it creative space. You, in a crowd of 10,000 people, you create a three-foot circle, imaginary circle around you. 
and nothing's in that circle. In your mind, nothing's in that circle. Calm. Stay calm. You know, I read Siddhartha. When I read Siddhartha, I felt like I was home. You know the book? Mm-hmm. I gave it to this young drug dealer. No, I didn't give it to him. He was talking to me. And they started calling me Ray Love in San Francisco because I kept saying, why are you killing each other? What are you doing? There's other things. So I told him about it. And I was saying, you know, Siddhartha. Next day, I'm walking up the street. He's sitting there halfway through the book. And he goes, yeah, Ray Love, man, you know, I mean, Govinda was whack. He should have stayed with Siddhartha, you know? Because, and I'm like, two days later, he was dead. Mm. Another kid was talking about this stuff. I said, come to my house. I'll show you something to release endorphins, the endorphins in your brain. He goes, endorphins? Yeah, come on, I'll show you. I give him my guitar, show him this chord. He goes, he almost dropped the guitar. It's like, two days later, he was dead. I told them both about this song called Double Edged Sword. I said, I want to do this song, Double Edged Sword, and I want you to give me street. Here's the story. I want you to talk street about this story. I'm going to run the story backwards, almost the way I write Shakespearean. Like, I want to turn phrases and stuff, you know? So can you do that? Yeah. I told both of them they're both dead. Now, here's the dark side of my humor. Who in this community don't we need? Around here, tell them this story. I mean, I'm gonna need that drug dealer. Who needs him? You know, hey, come here. I want to tell you a story. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really dark, but come on. You're picking them off one by one. After a point, you just go, look, tell as many of your friends before tomorrow because you might not make it tomorrow. <laughs> but that's what I, I read. I read a lot. I, I read voraciously, and um, sometimes I don't get out of the the black circle because people think, you know, you haven't conjugated a verb or that you hide your books under the floorboard. <laughs> okay. Duh. That's hilarious. What um what's cool about like pioneers like you, people who've like started this whole like different type of sound, who are a part of that, is that you guys from like the mid 60s and throughout the 70s decades like we always feel like that's the best time for music all types Mm. of music like and like you're just reiterating that talking about like the feeling like that's i think that's the difference between you guys and like our generation to connection yeah like i was um i was just thumbing through stuff and like brian may was doing an interview and he was talking about like making music with queen and he was like everything we did to make you feel the way you did was on purpose. Like we we yeah. wanted you to cry. We wanted you to feel yeah. like, oh my God. Like we yeah. played those notes until it happened. Until the it's a movie. Came. Yeah. It's 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 a visual thing. It's like, this is my life. This happened to me. And I wrote it. And every it's like a memory. I can go back to the second that one of my dogs was shot by my stepfather in Michigan because he gotten into the hen house and started eating eggs. Oh. You can't have that on the farm. No, he's got- But I remember the moment he took me with him to kill this dog. Now I go back in my mind, it sounds cruel. That's the way it is in life. But it was like, when I go back to bare moment, Susan Miller, I had a crush on this girl forever. And we were in the movies together and I'm 15. And I'm trying to get my arm around her as my hand goes up. My hand's like this, and I'm like, 
Well, no stretch. It's around her. She didn't move. You know that? <laughs> yes, a connection. You know? Right. But I write about those. If I can see, if I see something, I can write it. If, I, if it's your life and you're talking to me, I see it. And I've been to so many different places here, psychologically and spiritually, that there's few, very few places left to go. But I look for new places because it's necessary to, to, to point that out to other people that you're not by yourself. Right. My anti-bullying song is just that. It, one line is, is, to, is pleading for them not to make that dark sacrifice. And it's because I understand what bullies are. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Vibe was on the streets in Brussels after on the first tour. After the gig, I like to wind down, takes me about two hours. So I'm on a walking street walking, and Steve is standing there crying. I'm like, dude, what's wrong? He goes, why don't they like me? Mm-hmm. I took a step forward. I said, you want to know? He goes, yeah. I took another step. I said, do you want to know? He goes, yeah. Now I'm right here. Like that. You really want to know? Yeah, because you're a bad MF. He goes, what? So here's my reasoning. <clears throat> if you and I are talking and there's something in, in your language or in your your frame of references concerning me that makes me feel uncomfortable, like you're saying something under, you know, some some subliminal thing. Now, would a true human, true human being say, Man, can we have a cup of coffee or a beer or something? I'm gonna talk to you about something, you know? So, am I right? Am I perceiving this? Did I see the wrong stuff? You know? Mm-hmm. I said, well, isn't that the way it should be done? He goes, Yeah. Did they? No. Good night. He and he told the story. We were with Zappa play Zappa, and we were in Australia, and he had come up and play a couple gigs. He told the story in the van. I didn't say a word. Because I had told him the story. It's not a story. It's about bullies. Mm-hmm. It's about bullies. And how did, I'm, I was making a hint. I was hinting to certain people, certain behaviors spotted. You know, don't do that. And it's not cool because you can't. How can you play with somebody who's a bully? How can you play around somebody that's just constantly being toxic? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it gets into your soul. Mm-hmm. How can you write your music when you go home? And it's hard. People people say, well, it's hard to fire, but you don't have to fire anybody. Hire yourself. <laughs> you know, I'm worth it. I think you guys are worth it. Look what we're doing. I'm sitting there spewing, and it doesn't matter to me, matter to me how it's used, where it goes. The truth is the truth. Mm-hmm. And anything I say is backed up with reality. You dig? There's no... That's what bothers people, I think, is that I don't sell out and... <laughs> Be one of them, you know. Ah. Right. Girl asked me, "Do you mess around on the road?" I said, mm, "Here's my put-off line. This is my go-away little girl line." Well, you know, it had to be what I have at home or more, and I've never seen that. <laughs> no, it had the opposite effect. I'll show you. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, sign of the cross. Wait, white man cross. Black man cross, go away, little girl. I don't have time. See, I told us that because how would she know? Because I would get home and something would be diminished between us. And she would feel that. She doesn't have to know it. She'd feel 
distance. Not going there. You know, so not worth it. You know, so I'm not saying what tomorrow brings, but see if I love you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's like I have to be solid in where I'm at. Otherwise I can't anything I say is taken more grain of salt. If I don't believe, I don't walk the path that I believe, what good am I? If you're a politician and you're I promise you this and you don't do anything, trip on it. The song called Geo, I wrote a song about the name of the, of the music. Every four years, they take the same lives. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything for four years. Next four years, they don't do anything. By the time you realize what's going on, you're 95 years old and realize you've been had. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. No one ever fixed that bridge that killed 50 people. Mm-hmm. No one ever stopped people from killing each other. All right, why? Money? Are you nuts? What what happened? What happened to your soul? What happened to your spirit? You know, well, no, it's a Republican. I joined the Republican Party in San Francisco. Watch this one. Oh, I love this one. So I won't go to vote. Black guy goes, hey, everybody. <laughs> to the whole place. Look what we got here, a black Republican. I waited for the laughter to die down. <laughs> well, after the Civil War, all black people were Republicans because of Lincoln. And faces cracking. It's not the party, it's the platform. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what party you are, the platform keeps changing. All of a sudden, you're like, free the slaves. Next minute, you're make them all slaves. <laughs> you know, don't care what color you put on your on your door or on your flag. Doesn't make any sense. Right. I look for this. They say, oh, Obama's a president. Let me see what he's allowed to do. Let me see what he will do, first of all. Later for the color of the skin, how can I say the color of the skin is going to matter if I'm saying it shouldn't matter? Understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not going to buy in just because he's black. He could be the most evil, most evil cat in the world. He was a great president, and they wouldn't let him do anything. And that's what they gave my kid on. Ain't this a trip? Y'all really don't want to do anything. Y'all don't want him to do anything. He suggested the most basic thing in the world, Roosevelt. Let's put everybody back to work. Let's do the national parks. Everybody, national park, go out there and get a job. Clear all the paths and all the trails and all the da-da. That's too radical. (laughs) It's been done before, dude. (laughs) But they don't want him to be successful. So then I'm looking at it like you guys are just a bunch of rich guys playing, having fun. Yeah. What did Washington do? Went to Washington, went, went to where Philadelphia was then. They did their work, went home to harvest their crops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it wasn't a lifetime job. <laughs> it was like, yeah, see you all next session. Okay, gone. That's crazy. And they turned it into you become a lawyer, become a liar, you know? Yeah. So I, I watch everything. I'm sorry, I get, I get off on, off the track, but it's all music to me because I look at it and go, you guys are playing some dissonant notes. They don't go with anything. Dance to this tune. Lock babies in cages. Three, four. <laughs> you know? no. you, do you understand? It's like, it, it bugs me because it's so apparent when it's that apparent, so I have to write it. I wrote a song, wait, don't move. Don't move. See if you can hear this. 
Oh, help me, Jesus. One second. Here it is. Okay, here we go. Let me know if it's too loud. Uh, we can't really hear anything. Are you here yet? No. No. Okay. Can you hear that? No. No, you can't hear it? No. Nah. Oh, okay, never mind. It's uh it's Donnie runs a muck. Mm. It opens up with a mind like that. <laughs> it makes you wanna <laughs> and it goes on this whole thing and he's you know, um, misogynist the whole thing i just wrote the whole thing man for a man who's never read a book and it goes on it's just donnie is your wake-up call <laughs> you know yeah. but it's like put this somebody please frank would have a ball with all this because how can a man that went from a tv program be president and everybody's afraid of him did he show them something in this closed session of Congress? Like, I'm the devil, you know, I'm big, or I got $20 million for each of you? What happened? How did he become man with all this clout? He can't even really speak a clear, concise sentence. Something's going on here. Something's wrong. My mother says something's in the milk. Mm -hmm. Something, what is that? Wait, wait. Uh, something, something under, what is it? Something in the milk is not clean. Yeah, something in the milk ain't clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my, my, my wife back there. Hello. Hi, baby. Hi, babe. Come on. Want to say hi? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too early in the morning. Respect. <laughs> Let gotta, us know. Uh, what music are you doing? Are you working on now? Like, what's going on with you? Um, there's one called, there's a, um, it's an album. It's going to be called Seeds. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, the origin is just things, uh, whatever you plant, you know, mm. it could be seeds, it could be uh, sex, it's, it's just seeds. It's like the germ of, of things, you know, where did this start or this started and this is this, you know what I'm saying? There's so many ways you can play it. Yeah, like you the know? story you were telling us before about, um, about the young kid that you basically changed his life with a little seed. That's it. Oh, that's what you do. Yeah. And that's what uh, my wife was with me. We were in Plainwell, Michigan. And now, you know, this is love when she went back to Michigan with me. Wow. <laughs> Wintertime, she's from San Francisco. <laughs> she, she fell on the snow one day. Slip, bam. But it went like this. I was offended. How dare you fall and not hurt yourself? <laughs> I didn't do that in the snow this much. It was like she floated down. Oh, hell no. No, we're not doing this. I'm from the Midwest. I fall. It's pain involved. But there was this woman that actually saved me a whole bunch of mess mechanically with my, with my car. And my headlight went out. And so I was in this little town called Richmond. And she goes, you know, the guy, the first garage goes, oh, it's going to be $500, you know. It's because the rim around the Ruka Raka is off and the Sikamanaka Nuka Laga is disconnected. And that's $500 without labor. Oh, oh, no, dude, no, dude. So I went down the street, this other little garage, and her husband wasn't there. She comes out, she goes, excuse me, pops the hood and goes, holds up the bulb. Little tiny 50 cent bulb. She put it in, lights came on. I said, does your kid, do you have a son? She goes, yeah, a kid. I mean, I didn't say son. And she says, yes. I said, does he like music? 
who wants a guitar? I said, I got something for him. Nice. It was not for any other reason than she took something off me that I had no knowledge of. And I could have just been out in the desert somewhere, you know? But so I went home, had a brand new um, uh, Telecaster, you know, the hollow body tele, tele. Yeah. And I brought it back. Next day, I walk in. His father has terminal cancer, stomach cancer. His grandmother and grandfather was there, and him and his, and his mother. So I walk in and I go, I told the kids, I said, you don't, maybe you don't know what I do. She goes, hey, well, he Googled you last night. <laughs> I gave him that guitar and this book that I had. I can't find it anymore. I got to find that book. Best music book ever. And it was like, I, I can't play all these guitars, but his dad's got terminal cancer. And just happened to be that I felt like giving that gift. And his dad was there to see his son get something that he, you know what I'm saying? Get a leg up, mm -hmm. something that he desired, something he wanted. He was alive to see that moment. Mm -hmm. You understand? Now I get home, no no, no gift, no, no deed goes unpunished. I'm online and a friend of mine, he used to be, used to hang out with the band back in the days of KVHW. That was a band we were making $2,000 a night a man. Mm. <laughs> Crazy. I walked away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, but uh, so a guy, a guy he, he was, man, I was, he was at the Great American Music Hall posting us. And he goes, man, Ray White just gave my cousin in Michigan a guitar. This is your cousin in this little town out in the middle of nowhere, you know? But it was it was a good feeling for me because yeah, it's like, dude, enjoy this. You see that look on their face, man. Rock out, have a good time. Keeps uh, no more idle hands, you know. Mm -hmm. Devil's playground. I have nothing to do. We will rob somebody. <laughs> I never made that that connection, you know. Mm. I'm lonely. I'm poor. Let me go shoot somebody. Hey, no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Can you see it from that window? Never mind. She's ignoring me. <laughs> you don't love me anymore? Yes, I do. <laughs> so well, tell me something about you before you go. Tell me something about your music. Oh wow. I mean, it's just a mix of everything that we that we like. I mean, that's yeah. basically that's the whole reason that we Are you online? Yeah, 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 of course. We're on all the stuff. Side after dark. Side after dark. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the. That's, that's what I saw the thing. That, uh, okay, all right. I'm yeah, that, this up. is our logo on the shirt. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Who's the artist? You are. Yeah. We gotta <laughs> talk. Okay. Because I want a cover for. I'm gonna have to do a physical CD this time, but I want a cover. I'll get, get a chance to get the information anyway. So that represents this thought. And I just needed to look, you know, impressionistic. I mean, I can't even say it. Impressionistic. What is impressionistic, Wanda? Is that impressionistic? Yeah. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Jesus. I'd be generated into. Okay. You know what slave talk is? Uh, yeah, now he does. <laughs> Frank had this poster. You're in the you're in the vocal booth. There's a poster of newly liberated slaves. They didn't have any clothes, so they wore whatever 
they could you know give them to them you know baggy pants and she's like you know but they were getting married and there was a sign on the door of the place that said okay it says leave your guns and razors at the door but it says leave l-e-b-e -E, your y-o guns g-u-n and razors r-a-s-a-r-s -A -A at a t d d e do d o <laughs> i said i'm sitting there trying to sing <laughs> dude come on man <laughs> come on this is on purpose it was it was hilarious though yeah but i look back every time i looked at that i looked back in time and i saw myself i saw myself there and i was like wow strength it's like the jews in 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 egypt you know mm -hmm. and uh I met a man that's my music took me through the, the Hebrew door. I met a man in San Francisco. I was at Safeway and this guy walks up. I was single. And the guy walks up. I was looking at the state, a New York state, they called. And he goes, Don't buy that. Why? He goes, Come here. Here's the same state and it's joined with another state. We didn't cut it. We don't cut it. If you buy this, it's say a dollar fifty a pound. That's seven dollars a pound, but you get both steaks, so you're just separated. I'm like, I never looked at. Food. I'm like, I'm gonna look for this from now on. I shake his hand. Here's the tattoo. Mm. Wow. I couldn't let go of his hand. I sat there and I held that hand and I was shaking like that, and he just stood there calm. I got tears in my eyes. Calm, and he watched me. As I took that trip, I smelled the death. I saw maggots. I saw the whole thing. And he just stood there calm, looking me right in my eyes, and let it wash over me. And I was like, wow. It was a gift. Because I was like, man. And then when I hear people say, there was no Holocaust, oh. He's <laughs> like, you should go home and get that whipping that you should have got at five years old for being stupid. For being arrogant, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's like a a racist. How can you be racist when there's only one race on this planet? Help me out here, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we had a kid in the Air Force that thought black people grew tails after midnight. <laughs> we don't. No. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> oh, you hurt. <laughs> I, I bruised my ribs the other day. You just you said, God, Jesus. You know, I had a, I met me, I met a, a shopping cart. <laughs> Our personal shopping cart, I was loading groceries into it, mm -hmm. went to the building, and the front wheels caught in the sidewalk, and I went, took the handle right off. Mm. Strength of a guitar player. Mm. You know, you'll find this out one day when you're 77 years old, and I'm, I hit the ground and it bruised my ribs. But, I wasn't sure I was bruised. I was making sure that I didn't crack anything that was aimed at something in like the lungs or heart or something, you know? Yeah. So I'm a vet, went to the hospital and in school, but just yeah. now when she, she said that, we don't. Well, we're glad that you're okay. We're glad that nothing was broken. Yeah. Well, but that's uh, another story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a story. Um, somebody, I was in Hebrew school and the teacher was saying that people would go up to her and be like, where's your horns at? Yeah, oh. shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, yeah. I, I, I tell you, um, I was in um, 
New Jersey, there was this club, and it was next door, next door to what used to be a project. Beautiful buildings. And the owner of the club, Jewish guy, we were talking, talking about you know the whole thing, and said, you know, you find Jews, you find black people. We were just talking, having a good time, holding our conversation outside of the BS of other people, okay? And he goes, but the community, Jewish community, had bought these buildings and turned it into a place for the elderly, you know, the elderly Jews. And I'm like, that's a great idea, a great plan. And it, we were just in there talking, and I'm like, he was telling these stories about people thinking that, oh, yeah, not Hanukkah, was, what holidays are you supposed to sneak in your windows and grab your babies and, <laughs> and drink the blood of your babies? Some crazy sh- I mean, <laughs> kids were killed. <laughs> you got a burning cross talking about we love Jesus. Jesus was a Jew. Well, no, he wasn't. He got blew up. Dude, help uh-huh. me. You know that that mentality that's just like, um, no, it's not mentality at all, is it? That's just good and evil. That's just it. Like you just, yeah. you have, there's, yeah, two trains of thought and that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? There's one guy I met, he was downtown in Aviano, Italy. And his dad, this one, told, told his dad told him that black people grew tails at midnight. Mm-hmm. Now he's back in the back of this club before he realizes that the club is full of black folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he looks at the clock and it's like five minutes to, <laughs> to high noon, mm-hmm. to midnight. Mm-hmm. He freaks. Now you figure he got through basic training, he should have, and what they put him in, a, like a isolated, segregated place. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's still holding on to this, holding on to this belief. Mm-hmm. So they called, and, you know, I was an air policeman. So we had security, nuclear security, and law enforcement. Okay, trot down there, he's, Doing a job, and he reached behind, grabs a bottle from the bar, breaks it. Come on, nigger. I said, hmm, you're like six foot three, four, about 280. I'm five nine, 180. Hmm. He told me to take my club off and subdue you, but you're too big for that. So I reached in my right hip, clip, and pulled out that 38 combat masterpiece and pulled that hammer back on single action. And that sound is the most deadly sound in the world. That mechanical death sound, the hammer going back. Mm. I said, um, let's see, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm gonna shoot you in your knee so you can never walk again. Now we can either do this or we can have a drink. And I'm not supposed to drink on duty. Mm-hmm. He stops and goes, tears screaming. He's mad and red. You're a different kind of nigga. I put the gun away, had a drink with him. We couldn't say that word around him anymore. He was like, when I get home, I'm hitting my dad dead in the mouth. That lying son of a... Flip, just like that. Wow. Mm. He just flipped right in the middle of it. Yeah. It was like, there's no other... Wait, you know one of the favorite songs that black folks sing in church? Amazing Grace? Mm-hmm. You know who wrote that? A, a 25-year-old slave ship captain. Mm-hmm. He's going out and... God went, hello. He went, oh, yeah. <laughs> he parked it. He docked the ship, got off of it, and walked away. Mm-hmm. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Mm-hmm. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Wow. Come on. Sing that song for a reason, and people didn't even know where it came from. And I was like, if you don't need, if you need proof of right and wrong, like you said, evil, here it is. Don't worry about them. We know who wins in the end. Mm-hmm. You can't win this right. game. It's like if if people don't believe, if people are are are, are atheists, well, that's cool. 
if people believe, that's cool. But if you wake up one, one day and find out there was something loose in the land, you go, oh, there is a devil. Well, duh, if there's this, then I'll fill in the blank. Then there's that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People saw the exorcist and got freaked. They were like, oh, man, I'm going to turn my lights off. I'm like, don't you know if you believe that, if you're scared of that, be thankful for this. Right. <laughs> you don't get a clue. That's true. It's very true. No, you know, you've, you've... Sorry, I mean, I was just going to say, you've you've given us so much inspiration during this. Right? Oh, I just wanted to thank you for that. They're all. I mean, you know, I'm we talking. didn't know how this was going to happen. We just appreciated all the... The inspiration and the things that you said to us that'll probably make um, us think about life differently, about music differently. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to I just wanted to say that. Just say this one thing. Don't ever play music. Get out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's your calling, man. If it's just your calling, you're gonna do it and there's no retiring. If you went and became a truck if you went and became a truck driver, you'd still be playing music. Mm. You know? It kept yeah. me sane. It kept me sane during the crazy times. That's so you know? Funny. Then yeah. things would open up and go, oh, that chord. What is that? You know? Yeah. You ever, you know, Eric Levy? He, well, I think he's still playing with White Snake, but he used to, uh, he, he was playing with us for a while in San Francisco. So I had this song called Brasil and I had these chords, strange chords. And he goes, what is that chord? Now he's a master. <laughs> he's a guy studied when he knows keyboards, he knows music down to the infinite degree. And I go, I don't know. He goes, what's that chord? His, his hands are on the keyboard like this. I put my fingers between his fingers, and there was the chord. <laughs> and he goes, "There's this is his, the height of his being tickled. He goes, deep theory. <laughs> I'm like, theory? I didn't know it was theory. I just That's amazing. winging it. Let me let yeah. you guys go. I've been talking forever. <laughs> no, it's all good. We appreciate it. We yeah. hope, like we said, like you, you just given us a lot of inspiration. We hope uh, whoever is listening to this, whoever they are in the world, hopefully, you know, that's um, the inspiration just spreads and absolutely. and that's, that's how it starts. You know, here's this could be another seed right here for somebody out there. We don't even know. That's for sure. It is a seed. Uh, not to be too biblical here, but Matthew 18 says, wherever two of you shall agree upon anything touching heaven and earth as it's loosed on earth, it's loosed in heaven. So mm-hmm. we agree on it. That's what it's gonna be. Yeah. That's beautiful. There's no there's no there's no maybe. Don't say maybe. No, it's gonna be. So thank you. On so that much. note, man, y'all be peace, have peace in your lives and love, and please be careful. Yeah. And as a young Jewish man, I'll tell you too, I tell all the brothers, if you get stopped by the police, you say, officer, you get my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making any moves. No, brother. It's on you. Peace, y'all. Boy, all right. so you stay well. Oh. <laughs> Man, damn. I've been looking all over here. You got to edit this shit so I don't look so crazy. I'm like, <laughs> you don't look crazy. I'll see no, you guys. It's all good. All right. You stay well. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, so, so, the name of your band is, is the name of the, the, the site. Yes, site after dark. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to right now. Because even, even in the darkest times, you got to keep the vision, you know? Yeah. So you saying hold on? When yes. you feel your when you oh never mind that's another song. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. All right, you yeah. stay well. <laughs>